Psalm 23, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters, quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and, and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thanks, Kitch. Let's, let's pray together one more time as we come to um, explore God's Word for us this morning. Mm. So, Father, we just pray that, um, that whatever is of you this morning would find anchor in our hearts, that you'd uh, make that our hearts fertile soil, that uh, your Word would be planted there and reap a harvest 30, 60, 100 times, Lord. Yeah, anything that's not of you this morning, just let it fall to the ground and blow away as chaff, in Jesus' name. Amen. And so there's a word in that psalm uh, that appears regularly throughout the Bible uh, that I want to spend some time talking about this morning as we look to 2018, and that word is overflow. Um, And so it's been in your bulletins for a few weeks, and so hopefully uh, you're familiar with that word. And this word shows up regularly throughout the Scriptures Uh, But I want to ask first, what do you think of when you hear the word overflow? It's not a rhetorical question, you're allowed to speak in church. Abundance, yep. Not just in the biblical concept as well, that's that's fantastic. But but what do you think about when you think of things overflowing? Mess, yeah, mess, too much. Oops. More than full. Sometimes if I have a bath... I think, yeah, I underestimate the volume that I will add to the bath and there's there's an overflow incident Um, and and that's not a good thing. What what are some other words that we think of when we think of overflow? Mess, abundance, too much, flood, yeah. If we're thinking liquid, then it's not just mess, it's going to run and and flood everywhere. And I remember a time when um, someone in our family, um, it was me, uh, had, had pulled out... The, um, the overflow from the washing machine, I can't even remember why, but I hadn't put it back inside the drain, I'd put it back inside the sink and the sink had the plug in. Um, and so uh, one Sunday night when I was down here at church, I had an urgent message from my wife, the house is flooding because our machine, the, the machine that we did have, would keep pumping water until it felt the back pressure of being filled up and because it didn't fill up, it just kept overflowing and, and it's amazing how much water can be pumped out in a few minutes. Um, so overflow isn't always something we think of um, as a good thing but it, it just means that things are spilling over. Um, and so I, I believe that this word overflow is, is, is the word, the vision picture that God is giving us as a church for 2018. And so I'm going to spend some time unpacking that word and what I believe it, uh, God is saying to us as a church through it. Uh, but first, I just want to step back and, and, and pull back from that and just talk a little bit about what's the whole point of having a Vision Sunday. Um, as I said, it feels like Vision Sunday, regardless of what date we put it on, is the busiest weekend of people's lives for that year. Um, and so you have to capture today and release it to those who aren't here. Um, 
But the first point of Vision Sunday is simply to remind ourselves of the church's mission and vision, this mission and vision we have that it doesn't change from year to year. And, and so if you do have your booklets, uh, and again, I don't want you to spend the whole morning reading it, but our mission and vision is in that, inside the front cover there. And so our mission is about the kind of church we're called to be, why we exist. And so we, we believe we exist to be a caring community of redeemed people who love and worship God, who follow Jesus, who are empowered by the Holy Spirit and believe in the authority of, of the Bible. And all this comes together that we are called to be the tangible presence of Jesus and his witness in Yas Valley and beyond. And so that's who we believe we're called to be as a church, that we, we work together, we spend a whole year uh, brainstorming and refining that down. And then there's four vision pictures that we have there, uh, so pictures because they hopefully create a picture in your mind of, of what we're moving towards and these are the these are not who we're called to be so much but what we're striving and working towards as a church and, and so the first one is about being connected and engaged with our local community and and making disciples the second one is about affecting positive change in our community, like through things like Kids Hope, where it's, it's not about out-and-out evangelism, but it's about bringing God's love and God's kingdom into the community to see it change in a positive way. The third one is about being a place or a community of healing through, through both the, the practical care that we can offer as a church, but also through God's supernatural power. And the fourth picture is about being involved in God's mission beyond just the local that we sow, even though we're, we're, you know, we're not Hillsong or um, Lakeside in, in uh, America, these you know, tens of thousands of people-sized church, we still are called as a church in a little town called, uh, called Yass to be involved in God's mission beyond local. And so Vision Sunday is about just reminding ourselves that we're not about just bumbling from one week to the next, that we have a purpose. We're called to be something as a church and we're called to do something as a church. Uh, and so I encourage you just to, 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 to take this Vision Sunday booklet and, and use that first page where it talks about mission and vision and make those things your prayers. Be praying about those things as a church. Be praying that this would be a place in a community of healing. Be praying that, that people would be, uh, become disciples of Jesus, be baptized in his name and grow to maturity in faith. Be praying into those vision pictures. But the other part of Vision Sunday is about seeking God together. What, what is God leading us into for the next year? What's a theme or a focus or, or a word that can give us inspiration for the next year? It's about pausing to consider God's leading before we just bumble through Christmas and into the new year. And so uh, we do it in November because you know, Christmas is a busy time and, and, and part of our rhythm that we're trying to establish as a church is to have a Sabbath month in January where we, we strip back and, and, and have a rest and we give our leaders and worship leaders and our preachers a, a break and some other people will have an opportunity to share. Um, and then in February we start with a, with a season of prayer and, and fasting. And, and so the idea of doing this in November is to kind of start to think about next year before we kind of get lost in the, the hectic period of Christmas. And uh, if you were part of the church family last year, you'll remember that for 2017, I talked about it being a year of building on a firm foundation, that, that up to that point, God had been uh, uniting us together as a church. There'd been some healing that was taking place in our church family and, and that God had established in Jesus a firm foundation in the church that we could begin to build upon. 
Uh, and so you'll see in the booklet there that you can read later that, that I really believe that this year has been a year of building on that foundation, that we've established new ministries, that existing ministries have grown. Our, our Sunday gatherings have grown from uh, around about mid-60s to an average of about 80-something this year. And so we've built and grown as a church uh, numerically. But also, I believe that much deeper than that, there's been a building and growing together as a church in the ownership that we all have, not just me as pastor or the deacons or the elders, for what God's seeking to do through us as a church. And it's been a joy this year to actually just be able to step back from a few things and watch people flourish in their own calling. Uh, to see, you know, examples, Tony and Lauren organising the camp and um, I've joked about when I go to meet them about camp stuff that I just bring my rubber stamp because I just get to say, that's amazing, that's amazing, that's awesome, that's fantastic. Uh, it's been great to watch, um, you know, we already had a great kids' church but to see that grow and flourish and for, for me just to be able to champion that and not have to uh, do any kind of <laughs> nudging of it along and that's true of many areas in the life of our church this year where where people have grown and built up their own ownership and their own calling. And I believe at the end of the year, our, our foundation in Jesus and our unity in Him has only strengthened, not weakened. Um, and I just remember that uh, when Kerry Medway was here and he was sharing and he had that quote um, from Every Day with Jesus that, that show me a church and it was a bunch of things that, that will transform their town. And one of them was that can hold strong people together who differ. And so we've got some strong people in our church and there's differences of opinions at time, but I believe that God's holding us together and that's something that's going to transform the town around us. And so last year was, well, this year uh, was a year of building on a firm foundation and, and so early in this year, quite early in this year, and I was excited about what God was saying about this year, I just had this moment in prayer of, well, what about next year? God, I, I had such a clear sense of building on a firm foundation for 2017. I had a moment of almost, well, what are we going to come up with next year, God? And I felt like God, and I'm still praying for that day where I hear God's audible voice, but I, but I felt very clearly God in my spirit say to me, overflow. Overflow. And, and so as I've prayed about it, as I say, that was quite early in the year, I've been praying about this word throughout the year quite a bit and, and, and I just felt like God's confirmed it in my heart more and more and more. And so this morning, I just want to release a, a sense of that, that vision for next year, that next year will be a year of overflow. As I said, it's a word that appears throughout the Scriptures often and it does refer to the abundance of God, that, that God just doesn't give just enough to get by, that God is an abundant overflowing giver we can think about jesus uh when he blessed the loaves and fishes and and it wasn't just enough to feed five thousand people they picked up 12 basketfuls of leftovers and now there's nothing about that except for the fact that jesus was showing that god is a god of overflow in the psalm that that kitch read for us in psalm uh, 23 verse 5 it says you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Now here it's not talking about God spilling the coffee. It's talking about anointing. It's talking about blessing. It's talking about abundance. It's talking about the Father's care and provision overflowing for us. And so uh, I've actually got some pictures of overflow um, that I was going to show earlier, but, but this is what we think of when we think of overflow. We think of spilling over. 
uh, in the bathtub and that's, you know, uh, that's a worse error than I make um, because there's no one in that and it's already overflowing. Um, this is more like what I did. You know, it's, not the, it's not the washing machine, but it's a bit like that. It's a spilling over. Um, and the next one, that's the spilling over of the coffee, the cup running over. Um, and I think there's one more. Uh, there's, there's a local image, and with all the rain that we've had, that's perhaps what's going to happen in the next few days of our, our Yas Dam overflowing. And so this is what we often think about when we think of overflow. We think of uh, that spilling over the excess and and so i've actually bought a uh, said to selena this morning because i do lots of object lessons in kids church that vision sunday is my annual object lesson um but so when we think of overflow we think of the spilling over it's it's what tips out the top when there's too much there And so this is, if you look at the front of your vision booklet or what's on the screen now, this is just though one of the definitions of overflow. Uh, If you look up in the dictionary, one of the definitions is to flow or to run over. It focuses on that excess that comes out the top. It, It speaks of the abundance, but it's just that bit at the top. Now, as I've prayed about this word this year and as, I, as I've kind of sought God for what do you, what do you mean with that, I, my, my attention was initially focused on the excess, what spills out the top. But as I kind of looked at the definition and as I prayed about it, I felt like God led us and led me and hopefully us more towards that, that definition number two, that to overflow is to be filled or supplied with great measure. And so... Uh, What's, who, who, who noticed how I cheated with this one? It was already full. And so if we start with a full vase, we kind of lose what it actually means to overflow. Because before there can be any spilling, there needs to be filling. See, I just poured the same amount of water into the vase and it's not overflowing and and so actually before we can overflow we need to fill and be filled before we can overflow we need to allow God to fill us and so there's never any overflow unless we are first filled up Overflow is more about the filling than the spilling. The filling needs to happen first before we can hope to overflow and spill over. As much as that that picture of Yas Dam overflowing is dramatic and we think about oh that bit of rain that's, that's come down and washed and spilled it over the top, Actually, what's caused it to overflow more than the recent rain is the water that was already there. If the dam was empty to start off with, it would take a lot more to cause it to overflow. The overflowing is more about being filled than the little bit that makes you spill. The filling is less noticeable. It's less spectacular. But it's more important than the spilling. And so before we can overflow, we need to allow God to fill us as individuals and as a church. 
We need to participate with God in doing this. We need to read His Word. We need to spend time in prayer. We need to spend time together as a church. And I was encouraged this morning, I was just reading um, something on a, on a blog post, by, uh, well, it was a guest blog, it wasn't actually Kerry Newhoff, but it was someone writing on his blog post and it was talking about, um, if you look at our church Facebook page, I've actually shared the article, but it, it was talking about us being little babbling brooks. And, and, and there's not a lot of force behind a babbling brook, but as we gather together as the church, all of our streams come together and, and there's so much more weight and there's so much more power in, in all of those streams coming together as a mighty river and, and, and that can cause a dam to overflow. And, and so we need to allow God to fill us through our own private time, but also an important part of being filled by God is just simply gathering with His church, of worshipping together, of, of, uh, to, to flip analogies to the opposite end of the spectrum, to, to not take your coal out of the fire where it can cool off and and get less passionate about being on fire for Jesus, but to keep putting yourself back into the fire pit with the other coals so that heat can generate and be a flame. We need to be filled before we can spill over. We need to allow God to fill us with His Spirit before we can overflow to others. And if we want our church to overflow, our outreach to overflow, our ministries to overflow, our focus needs to be on filling them, on investing into them so that they overflow. In Romans 15, 13, Paul talks about this idea of being filled so that you overflow. Romans 15, 13, he says, May, and I've actually got it in my notes so I don't need to find it, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So Paul says it there, we have to be filled with joy and peace. We have to be filled with what God is pouring into us before we can hope to overflow. And Paul actually says we'll be filled with joy and peace as we trust in Him. So we need to be receptive to the flow. If we, if we place a lid over the top of our lives and, and don't trust in God, then what He seeks to pour into us will just spill out, which might look a bit like overflow, but it's not the same thing. So we need to trust in God. We need to be open vessels for God through trust to allow Him to fill us. In 1 Thessalonians 3.12, Paul says, May the Lord make your love increase. May the Lord pour love into you and overflow for each other and for everyone else just as He does for you. See, our ability to overflow with love for one another begins with our ability and our receptiveness to allow God to fill us, to make our love increase. And so if you're struggling with loving other people, if it's an effort rather than an overflow, the place we need to begin is allowing God to fill us with His love so that we might just overflow. And so what does this mean for us as a church for 2018? Well, I believe it's 
it's not a year of building and adding more and more ministries. I believe this year was a year of, of building up and adding. And it, and it doesn't mean that there won't be new things added into the life of our church and, and there's not new ministries that will come, but, but they'll come more out of the overflow of what we're already doing. And so some of the new things that we're looking at adding this year uh, are, as I say, overflows of what we're already doing. So we're, we're talking about adding uh, a monthly messy church on a Sunday afternoon. Um, and so what that looks like is, is a church service for young families that's all ages in and participating together, but it's targeted towards those who aren't a part of the church. It's about overflowing from babes in arms and our holiday playgroup and our, and our young family-focused connecting outreaches into something that's more explicit gospel presentation. And so that's, it's not just building another brick as we were looking at last year, it's about the next step of what does the overflow of what we're already doing look like. Uh, we're hoping to run, I'm hoping to run Alpha again, but maybe a little bit different this year. I'm um, thinking about, you know, coffee and dessert rather than... Um, uh, five-star cookery, but if the five-star cook is keen to do five-star cookery, then <laughs> I'm getting a head shake. Um, but yeah, so looking at a, a different style of doing Alpha again this year, but I was excited last week. I already had, before even I'd mentioned it to another person, someone sent me a message who, who, who's kind of sometimes comes along to church, but it's not a person of faith yet, saying, are you going to run Alpha next year? That, that, that the overflow of relationship that, that as a church we have with those in our communities is leading us towards that opportunity. So it's not just throwing another brick in the wall, it's, it's an overflow. Uh, we, we're, we're growing as a church and there's people who've asked me uh, with a keen desire to, to be the ones that coordinate meals for other people when they need them. That's an, an overflow of love for others. That's an extra thing that we've already been doing organically but... but but kind of making that a little bit more organised. And, and so, but that's not a, another brick kind of, oh, we need to add something in, but it's an overflow of an expression of love. And so I believe it's not a year of, of building and adding more ministries in, in that kind of strategic one after the other sense, but a year of overflowing. I believe it's a year of inviting God to fill us and being open vessels for God to fill us with the Holy Spirit. So in Ephesians 5.18, it says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to, or we could say overflows in debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit. And we could add in the words there, overflowing in, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. And so I believe it's a, a year of overflowing from being filled within with the Spirit that God's inviting us to, to come back to a place where we simply say, just fill us, Lord. Fill us up to overflowing. That, that word, be filled with the Spirit, isn't a once-off thing. It's a, it's a continuous, ongoing tense in the Greek. It, it means keep coming back to God to be continuously filled, that it will overflow. Just as, as drinking too much alcohol overflows in a particular type of attitude and behavior, God says through Paul, be filled with the Spirit, so that it overflows with singing songs, with singing psalms and hymns, and it overflows with joyful worship for God. And, and so I believe it's a year where God's inviting us to be filled afresh with the Spirit, that we would overflow with it. 
And so the question to ask ourselves in that regard this year is, what are you being filled with? What are you open to being filled with and what kind of filling are you seeking? Because whatever you fill yourself with will be what you overflow with. Jesus says that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Jesus says the good person brings good up from what he stored in his heart. The, 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 the wicked person brings evil up from what the, the, they have stored in their heart. And so what we overflow with is what we fill with. We actually don't have to worry about what we're spilling out around us if we're intentional about filling ourselves with what God wants to fill us with, with His Holy Spirit. And so I believe it's a year of intentionally seeking God's filling. And I believe God's leading us into a year of growth, momentum, blessing and hopefully abundance. And so I want to encourage you again, not to read it all now, but... There's quite a lot of words in this book, but I want to encourage you to, to take it and, and, and read through. And what we've done this year, what I've done this year, is I've asked uh, uh, some of our key ministry leaders in different areas to think about recapping the year, uh, a challenge that we can be praying for for the year to come and, and their own vision for next year. And, and so it's, it's been exciting to, to collate that together and... Um, I admit, sometimes a little bit frustrating, um, trying to piece all the bits together, but, but it's been exciting just to, to have that sense, as I talked about, that people are really owning what God's calling them to do, and it's overflowing. And, and I just encourage you to read through at least the visions that each ministry has um, for the year to come, and they're all about growth and momentum and, and essentially overflowing. And I didn't, I didn't give them, I didn't say, try and make it sound like you're going to overflow. Um, next year and so last year what I did was I grouped all of our ministries under different headings of those visions and and I haven't done that this year because I want all of us as individuals and every member every ministry sorry of our church to be not just thinking about one of those vision pictures but how we through everything move towards making disciples making our town a better place being a place of healing and blessing those beyond our local community and so I really encourage you to read through those visions because they speak of growth, momentum, blessing and abundance. But in that light, for a whole church, I really just want to encourage us with these words of, of beginning to look towards, uh, and this is not a, a, a bound to 2018 thing, but I just have the words I want to, want to encourage us with is looking towards 200. Towards 200. And so this comes in the context of some, some of the stuff we've been talking about, how uh, in my rough calculations there's at least 6,000 people in Yass, not even to mention the surrounding valley, that don't know Jesus. And so thinking towards 200 is for us as one church in Yass, thinking of an intentional goal to put a dent in that. Uh, you might ask, well, why 200? Partly because I really like alliteration, so towards 200 really works for me. Partly because we were given 200 free chairs this year and, and I had a sense in my spirit when we went and picked them up with Pete and blew up his gearbox in his BMW um, that, that we need to fill these chairs. Not just so that we've got filled, cha filled chairs but that God was giving us a capacity to grow towards. It's, it's a number that's significantly more than where we are at now but it's a number that's attainable. And as I say, it's not, it's not limited to 2018, but I want us in the next year to come to start thinking towards 200. 
It's not a failure if we never reach 200. There's no number a church needs to be valuable and, and, and cherished and loved by God. And it's not a rival as a church if we do reach 200. And you might say, well, we shouldn't focus on numbers at all. And it's true, it should never be primarily about the numbers. But the early church sure liked to count. You read through Acts and then tell me they didn't care about the numbers. But they care about the numbers because the numbers represent people. We read in Acts, and 5,000 people were added to the number of those been saved. And so when I say, let's look towards 200, I'm, I'm saying, let's look towards, you know, if, depending on how you count it, we have on average 80-something people on a Sunday morning this year. Let's look towards 120 people been added to the number of those who have been saved in Yas. This isn't about you know, pinching from other churches to buffer up our numbers. This is about thinking towards who will be added to the number of those who are being saved in Yas. As I said, no number is too small to be a valuable, beautiful church to God. Yet I personally cannot be satisfied with the imbalance between the number of people in Yas that have saved and the number who were not. This is about stimulating not selfish ambition, but gospel ambition within each of us. It represents salvations, baptisms, discipleship, maturity in faith. And so the question to ask is, who do you know, who do you have relationship that could be part of that 200? That isn't yet. That's the idea, to, to think towards, intentionally thinking about how can we lead people towards Jesus? Who are you loving and leading towards Jesus that could be welcomed into the kingdom, that could be saved, that could be worshipping alongside us? Who are you praying for in our local town, in our local community, that they might come to Jesus, that they might become a part of the church family? And so, as part of this idea of overflow, I simply want to encourage you to be thinking towards 200, towards growth. If, if, if 200 is too far out there and seems too unrealistic to you, I'll, I'll give you permission to make it towards 100, even though that doesn't alliterate nicely, or towards 150. And, and the thing is, what matters is one person after one person after one person coming to Jesus. And so I just really want to encourage you to think intentionally towards growth. And so I believe it's going to be a year of overflow. I'm not normally a person who, who talks about numbers in that, in that way, but I just really felt led to do that this year. And, and as, I was, um, as I say, sorry, I am, am looking at my phone for a reason. I haven't just lost interest in what I'm saying. Um, As I said, there was some frustration. It wasn't just this week with the book. It's been a hectic week and, and, and I've just been and, you know, wrestling with this thought of, of overflow, especially this week. And, and there's been, you know, as I've been doing that, there come some doubts of, go, oh, is it really, you know, kind of, oh, do I really want to say it's going to be a year of momentum and overflow and abundance and, and looking towards 200 is... Because then what happens if it's not a year of that? And, and, um, and so uh, David Nathan, um, who, who Laurie knows well, um, uh, and so do some others in our church, but 
Um, he's going to be speaking in our church camp next week and, and I just said to him in terms of a theme that the Sunday before our camp we're, we're going to be talking about vision and the vision um, that I believe God's given for me for next year for our church is overflow and so maybe you could unpack that thought a little bit. And so last night um, while we were dining, um, celebrating someone's 21st birthday, um, I just got a text message from David and he says, I've been reading Psalm 144 and, and feeling prompted to pray for you as you lead your people tomorrow towards the vision God has given you. I believe God is confirming the word he has given you and that he is equipping you and trained you. Uh, it says Psalm 144 verse 1, which talks about God equipping my arms for battle. Um, God has equipped you and trained you for this hour. My heart is encouraged by the prophetic picture um, of, of uh, Psalm 144 verses 12 to 15. And so I just want to read that for us this morning. So Psalm 144 verses uh, 12 to 15 say this, Then our sons in their youth will be like well-nurtured plants and our daughters will be like pillars carved to adorn a palace. Our barns will be filled with every kind of provision. Our sheep will increase by thousands, by ten, tens of thousands in our fields. Our oxen will draw heavy loads. There will be no uh, breaching of walls, no going into captivity, no crying of distress in our streets. Blessed are the people of whom this is true. Blessed are the people whose God is the Lord, Yahweh. And so David says, I have a strong witness in my spirit for the overflow word that the Lord has given, with, given you. Um, the Lord be with you and feeling excited in my spirit for next weekend, which is our camp. And, and so it was just really encouraging for me to, to receive that message last night and, and just felt like God saying through that, no, don't, don't hold back, go with overflow. Keep pressing into overflow. And, and I want to pass that on to us as a church that, that we be optimistic for what God can do in our local community. That we be optimistic for what God can do in the life of our church. And at the same time, if we want to overflow, to focus on first being filled, on allowing God to fill us. And if we want a ministry to overflow, we want our church to overflow, to focus on on investing and pouring into it. The, the cup of the church will not overflow unless it's first filled and invested into. So if you want your church to overflow, then don't, let's not look at what we can get out of our church, but let's look at what we can fill it with. See, church is not actually about meeting our needs though the overflow of it hopefully does that, the church is about how can we pour in. You know, to, to paraphrase a late American president, let's not ask what we can withdraw from the church, but let's ask what we can pour into it so that it overflows. And so it, this morning... In that light, we're, we're, we're going to end this morning with worship. But as we sing our last song, uh, we're going to have the opportunity to, to give, as I said, in a special offering. And um, we have the traditional pots that we do our special offerings um, with to, to mark them as separate. And yeah, you can come. Um, and so this, isn't, this offering is about 
sowing into the overflow of the church. It's about sowing into the vision that God is, is, is sowing into the church and about uh, wanting to see our church overflow uh, with the kingdom. And so um, if you came prepared to that, for that today, as we sing our final song, we're going to pass the pots around and, and um, you can place that in that. But if you, if you didn't want to come prepared and you'd like to contribute um, towards that offering, you'll find in these booklets a little, a little slip that's kind of a pledge slip. And so the idea of this is just to give you an opportunity to participate. We're not going to ask you to put your name on them or, or follow up uh, on that to make sure you've given it. But, but I just want you to take this moment that if, if you do want to participate and you don't have cash to put in, just take a moment to think, God, what would you have me sow into the life of our church? And you can just pop a number down there and, and it just helps us to be able to say, well give testimony to, to how much is given as part of that offering. And, and so another overflow verse is from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 to 10, and it says, Honour the Lord Yahweh with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. And so I just want to encourage us as a church to honour God with our wealth, not just in this offering, but but in our our regular giving to honour God with our wealth because then God will bless us. It's not a prosperity gospel of if you give a hundred, he'll give you 5,000. It's a a biblical truth though that if we honour God with our wealth, then he promises to bless us in return. And so let me pray um, and then let's worship and take this opportunity to give. And so, Father, I thank you for the word overflow. And so I pray for us as a church in the year to come that it would be a year of overflow, that it would be a year of momentum, that it would be a year of abundance in every single way. I pray that it be a year that our hearts are open afresh to being filled by you and that we are filled by your spirit to overflow. I pray that you would grow this church as we continue to reach out to our local community and we pray that we would grow towards 200. That, that that many people will be added to the number of people being saved in this town. And Father, I just pray for, for the finances of the church and for this offering this morning that, that you would cause us not just to make ends meet but to overflow financially as a church. That there would be no limit to our ability to pursue your calling on the church financially. Mm. Yeah, so we pray that there would be abundance. In Jesus' name.